Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles again today to Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10. Just for a little bit of view, remember the book of Matthew, uh, we see it begins with the calling of the twelve apostles. And then we see the commissioning of the twelve. As he sends out the twelve in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 5, and he says, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter into no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the house of Israel and proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Remember, Jesus is commissioning the twelve apostles to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom was that the Jewish Messiah had come. He was going to set upon the throne of his David, of his father David, fulfilling the Davidic covenant. He would he was a descendant of Abraham. He would he would fulfill the Abrahamic covenant and thus bring in the long-awaited kingdom of heaven. And he tells them, he says, there are going to be signs that are going, going to go after you as you deliver this message. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cleanse the lepers. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to, you received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold, no silver, no bag for your journey, no tunics, no sandals, no staff. And whatever town you go, bless it. But if that town doesn't receive you, then take your blessing back and walk away. So he's telling them as they're going out, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, that they're, not, they're going to be followed by signs, but not everyone is going to receive it. Matter of fact, in verse number 16, he tells them very quickly, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Why? Because men are going to deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. You're going to be dragged before governors, but don't be afraid. You're going to bear witness before them and the Gentile of me. So he's warning them of the cost for them delivering the gospel of the kingdom. He goes on and says, Brother will deliver brother to death, and father his child, and children will rise against their parents. And then he goes on at verse number 24, and he says, The disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Jesus set the ultimate example of what it means to be rejected. He was rejected. He was falsely accused. He was humiliated. He was crucified for doing the will of his father. And so, too, this would happen to the disciples as well. So he tells them, don't have any fear. Just go boldly proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Now, in verse number 34, and he says, Think not that I've come to send peace on the earth, because, guys, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. For I've come to set man at variance against his father and against her uh, daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own house. He that loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament, the book of Micah, verse 7, chapter 7, verse number 6. Now, this verse does not mean that Jesus purposely came, nor was he sending out the apostles to purposely cause discord and contention. 
But instead, he's saying it's the message is not going to be well received. Jesus told the Jews in Matthew 10, 35, you remember, I've, I've come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother. The message that Jesus brought, the gospel of the kingdom, was divisive. It still is in the culture in which you and I live. You and I both know this. I mean, you can talk about Buddha, you can talk about Allah, you can talk about anybody you want to. But you say the name of Jesus and watch him coil up. Why do you think that is? Because Jesus, unlike the others, declared that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father but through him. When you mention the name Jesus, you have drawn a proverbial line in the sand that the world hates. That's why they hate him. He said, they will hate you because of me. And again, personally, my greatest fear is not the world. Wolves are wolves. It's the ones wearing the sheepskin that bother me. Jesus warned in Matthew 7, 15, Beware of false prophets which come into you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. In my opinion, the world is not the biggest enemy of the church. I believe the biggest enemy of the church is within. Paul told the church in Acts, For I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves, men will rise, speaking perverted things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember, by the space of three years, I did not cease to warn you night and day with tears about this. Acts chapter number 20 and verse 29. And, and no doubt, sometimes when wolves are obvious. John talked about that in 1 John 2.19 when he said, They went out from us, for they were not of us. Had they been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be made to manifest that they were not all of us. But unfortunately, not all wolves are obvious. Not all wolves are manifested. And my encouragement to you is simple. If you're involved in a church that's not teaching the Bible, get out. Because if a man will twist the scriptures in one place to satisfy his own needs, he'll twist them in another place. Get out. Don't be a part of a church that's not rightly dividing the word of truth. And then he tells them in verse 38, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And he that findeth his life will lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall found, find it. Now bear in mind that our Lord is still sending them out to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He is still asking them to count the cost. He would become the perfect example of this in his own death. Jesus could have saved himself from the cross any time that he wanted to, but he knew that the cross was the only way to bring salvation to you and to me. In Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and came obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And in the same way, the disciples needed to understand that their cross was just as necessary. In Matthew 20 and verse number 22, Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. You remember uh, the mother of James and John came to Jesus and said, Listen, when you come into your kingdom, now again, the disciples got it. They understood that Jesus was legitimately 
offering the kingdom. And obviously, James and John's mother got it. She understood it. And she said, listen, may I ask you a favor? You know, when you come into your kingdom, may my boys sit on your right and your left. But Jesus answered and said, you know, you know not what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm, I'm going to drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And they said in him, yeah, we're, we can do it. And he said in them, you will indeed drink of my cup and you will be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, which meant you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to be um, martyred for my sake. You're going to be killed just like I'm going to be killed. But, he says, to sit at my right hand and on my left, that's not mine to give you, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. Now, so too, what's the application? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The bottom line is that the Christian life is a life of daily dying to one's self. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, the Lord loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.